In life, our actions, outlooks, and opinions are colored by our experiences. More and more, those experiences come in the form of video games, movies, music, and other forms of media. In this show, we try to tackle the different facets of these experiences and explore how they may have affected our views on a number of topics. Welcome to Experience Points. Hello, I'm Brandon, and you're listening to Experience Points. Um, today, I have Lance on the show again. Say hi to everyone, Lance. You're welcome. I feel like this is just uh, the Brandon Lance show now. I should get part royalties. Right, of the $0 a month we're making. Oh, you're right. So I actually don't want royalties. I want an upfront salary. Oh, that's smarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always ask for more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just smart. Well, I'll give you a firm handshake the next time I see you. How about that? Maybe a while. I know, right? This, uh, yeah, uh, for anybody listening to this in the future, there's like a global pandemic happening. And um, yeah, shit's all broken. So um, super fun. Um, so today uh, we're doing something a little different. Instead of asking Lance a bunch of questions about the thing that he's passionate about, the script is sort of flipped for us. So I'm the subject of today's uh, experiment, so to speak. I um, hope you ask yourself the questions and answer them yourself. You know, if you weren't here, that's exactly what I would be doing. Mm-hmm. So Lance, what have you been checking out recently? Uh, so I started watching The League again um, this week, actually. And mainly because, you know, football season's coming up. Um, I'm a big um, L.A. Rams fan, used to be St. Louis Rams fan, and they were, any football fans would know, that was a a rough team to like. St. Louis Rams were hardly ever good, except for early 2000s, late 90s. Um, But yeah, I, you know, they canceled the preseason, for those that don't watch, they canceled the preseason um this year because of of course coronavirus um allegedly they will still be starting on schedule next week on thursday will be the first game um and usually the the preseason i think for a lot of football fans is like the you know time to to get excited for the regular season i mean the preseason games don't matter at all but it's still like you know football's on and and you can at least start to get excited for it and and since that wasn't really going on i i felt like I needed something else to kind of start getting me excited for it. So I started watching the the league again and I've watched the league on and off um, over the years. I mean, it's been out since 2010, 2009, it's been on a while and yeah, it's, it's, it's an okay show. I mean, I wouldn't say it's great. Um, It's, it's good. It's entertaining. They, every episode for anyone who hasn't watched it is pretty self-containing. There is a little bit, of overlap um episode to episode and between the seasons but overall you're not going to miss anything if you watch you know season five episode six versus you know watching it from the start um but it's just it's just good fun football humor um and there's also of course non-football humor in there but they always try to tie in the the 
fantasy football aspect of it. So that's what I'm watching right now. And it's like I said, I would recommend it if that's what you're looking for. I mean, as an overall show, there's definitely a lot more better than it, but I would say it's a solid okay. Is Are they still releasing new seasons and episodes of that? I don't know, actually. That, I guess that would be something good I should look up. I'm only on season two. Um, I didn't rewatch season one on my on my viewing history. It was like, hey, this is where you left off, and it was like season two, episode four. So actually, I think I finished season two, so I'm on season three now. Um, but I, I, you know, the funny thing is, is I don't, you know, I don't have cable anymore. Um, I don't think you do either, do you? No, no, absolutely not. I honestly don't know anybody who has traditional cable anymore. Yeah, at least our age, right? I mean. Yeah. My parents actually, I think both my parents have gotten rid of it now. So never mind. I guess it's not really a generational thing anymore. Um, but but yeah, you used to know because of commercials and stuff. And now I just feel like, unless I see you know a Reddit post or uh, Google stalks me and recommends me that the show's starting back up, I usually just it, it escapes my mind whenever shows start and stop. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, and. You know, I think just sort of jumping into what I've been watching recently is the same sort of like uh, disconnect there for me. So I've been watching uh, The Boys season two. Um, It just came out as of the time that we're recording this podcast today. Um, And I've watched two episodes so far. Wasted no time, huh? Yeah. I mean, I was also off today. So this was just like a perfect opportunity to to watch it. And I honestly did not know it was coming out until one of our other friends messaged our group chat and was like, hey, just so you know, boys season two tomorrow. So I was like, I guess that's what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, And I have to say, does not disappoint. It kind of picks up where season one left off and really gives you uh, a good taste of, of what you were really like craving, you know? because um, you've Did seen you, you've seen the first season right i have yeah i i, I think i talked about it the last podcast that uh, the boys is a a show that i did start um even though they haven't had a lot of seasons out because i i more watch it for you know it's it's a it's a fun different type of show you know it's uh, more of you know anti-heroes um not your typical hero versus villain story i mean um the the all of the uh, quote-unquote superheroes you know have good elements to them but obviously have a lot of um, um, you know negative elements to them as well I mean they're they're just more gray characters and I, I appreciate gray characters I appreciate things that aren't just you know black and white so yeah I really enjoyed season one I'm, I'm excited to see season two did, did you do a rewatch of season one beforehand or did you just jump straight into it no so I think uh, one thing that I always get annoyed with in shows is the little like recaps they do at the beginning of each season ah yeah. but i was really like glad that the boys season two did it and they did it in such a way that you got literally the whole story of what happened in season one in about a five minute clip so it's pretty good yeah I, and it felt like i was re-watching those key moments in a way that wasn't just soul crushing um so kudos to them for doing that and i think that also really speaks to how the show is shot because they do have these really dramatic moments that are so iconic, you know, um, especially some of the stuff with Homelander and like how he plays a scene. 
um, you could choose any part of a clip of a scene that he's in and you get a different facet of that character. Um, and I think that just shows how complex that character is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, who's, uh, who's your favorite uh, character from the show? So my favorite character is actually uh, uh, Huey, just because he is the, the most relatable person on the entire show, I think. Um, you know, he's this, like, just kid that has bad thing after bad thing after bad thing happening to him. And, like, he's just a normal dude. Um, you even see, like, whenever he's interacting with the other characters that are, like, way more experienced than him, um, he has to sort of go with the flow and, like, try to figure stuff out. Um, I think that's just a relatable thing. What about you? Who's your favorite character on the show? Well, first off, that's no surprise to me. I mean, I feel like every show, then that's the character that you like. It's like not, you always try to go for what's relatable to you, which I think a lot of people do. Um, it's just, it's interesting how people, like what people find interesting in shows, I guess. It, it always fascinates me. Um, for me, it is The Deep. Um and I, it's it's more of uh, I I don't know I I like a lot of shows where I can't find relate relatability in it. Um, I do like those where I can find relatability too. It's just like the deep is a fun character to me because he's like I don't know he tries to be taken so seriously and like a real uh, superhero, but he's like so obviously you know I, it's he is the living joke that Aquaman is. Um, you know, outside of outside of the show. And I, I just find it funny the way that they play him. And, um, you know, kind of, even though he is kind of like a laughing stock, he does have some depth to him too. I mean, obviously he's like super evil since, you know, whenever um, What's-Her-Face Annie first joined, um, then there was that, you know, terrible scene. But it, I think it adds depth to his character where he's trying to be seen more as the rest of them and they're all terrible people too. So that's why he's like, well... I have to be just as terrible or more terrible to fit in. So, yeah, I find him a very interesting and, and um, more of a yeah deep deep character. I like him. Oh, that's uh, that was the most painful pun I've heard all day. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I I highly recommend if you haven't checked out season one, go ahead and check it out. You haven't heard any spoilers here um, because you've heard the the basic premise of the show. There's a lot more that goes into each of these characters, and I think. Honestly, uh, they have some of the best character development on TV right now. Yeah, so, I would say so. Um, which I will say the boys sort of leads into today's topic. Uh, it's almost like that was choreographed somehow. Lance, do you have any guess on what I want to talk about today? Mm, Captain America. Well, m- one of many things, actually. Uh, oh, Regarding... Lots of different Captain Americas. Yes, yes, all okay. of the Captain Americas. There we go. I got it. Um, actually, it's all of Marvel Comics in general. So, how long is this podcast again? Oh, like thirty minutes usually. Okay. Yeah. No, we can definitely fit in all of Marvel Comics in that time. Cool. Sounds good. So, really, really, what I want to highlight is like how I got hooked into comics and sort of what comics did for me as a whole. And there's some DC stuff that happened, but. Really, Captain America and Spider-Man sort of formed a lot of how I view things. Um, And so, yeah, that's really what I want to talk about today. So um, I will say 
my history with comics goes back all the way to whenever I was a kid, maybe seven or eight. And uh, whenever I was sick, um, one day I was home from school. Um, my stepdad at the time wanted to try to help me feel better. And he had a bunch of errands to run anyway. So he took me to a comic book shop. My first time ever in a comic book shop. Uh-huh. Um, and he said, pick out three comics. And I didn't know what I was even looking at. I was super sick. Uh, and so I just grabbed three random ones off the shelf. It was Captain America. It was Sonic the Hedgehog. All right, all right. Yeah, and then a Fantastic Four book. Gotcha. And I assume yeah. these were all like middle of the uh, what what are, what are they called in comic books? Middle of the 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 series. Yeah, like they were totally random parts. I mean, um, they didn't even make sense on their own. But the Captain America one, I think I wore through like down to the the spine it was like really well worn by the time i was done reading it um yeah and i i would read it like any time that i got a chance to um because i thought it was interesting the way that they portrayed him in that Uh, it was in the 1940s you know where that story was set and he was just like this average dude that you got injected with the super soldier serum but he's just like the perfect guy you know Mm -hmm. he doesn't have super strength he isn't super fast he can't fly he's Mm -hmm. like he could be your next door neighbor if your next door neighbor was in perfect physical condition Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. which i think that's just so relatable you know like if he is so grounded into reality yeah in that way yeah i mean uh I, i did say that you usually like to find the more relatable characters and out of all the marvel characters i would say yeah he would be one of the main ones because you know yeah like you said he doesn't have any superpowers i mean yes he does get injected with the the serum and he you know get gains um some uh superhuman strength i would say but i mean overall i think the main draw for captain america is is his personality and his his uh, leadership style and and how he's you know willing to lay his life down um and be sacrificial which um, yeah, it makes sense why you would, you know, like that character. Well, so you say that, and I think uh, the next character that I really latched onto maybe exemplifies that even more. So um, whenever I was older, uh, I was in my early 20s, and I went through a pretty big breakup. And um, I was living sort of out of state from where I had grown up. I really didn't have any friends, and... I was like watching movies to just pass the time, you know, probably 15, 20 movies a week. I was just burning through content. And then once I'd ran out of movies that I wanted to see, I decided to start reading comics and I picked up Spider-Man because who doesn't like know Spider-Man, right? Um, And I read through all of the backlog that they had on Marvel's website. And then I started going through like comiXology and buying from them and just going through just comic book after comic book. I mean, I read probably 300 Spider-Man comics. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a ton. Um, And I started seeing the story of this guy, you know, down on his luck. Um, Just everything that could go wrong would go wrong for him. 
And then he's just like, well, I guess this is my life and I just fucking roll with the punches, you know? Um, and I thought that was just so like punch in the gut sort of moment for me, you know, cause I felt like the world was against me at the time too. I had a lot of things going against me and, um, it was really nice to see that like in a comic book right in front of me saying, yeah, life sucks, but this is how you can sort of go through it. Um, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I, I think it's, it's, you know, goes with your theme of characters you like too, because I would consider Spider-Man a low power uh, superhero. You know, he definitely has the power of, to, of uh, super strength and he can, you know, do his webs. But, you know, in comparison, I feel like to some of the more powerful ones, like obviously once you get to like Thor or Captain Marvel level, those are the, the super high level power ones. But I would say, you know, Spider-Man would be kind of on the lower, lower level one, which would, I think it does make him more relatable. I mean... He's essentially a normal person, except he can also shoot webs, you know, so. Exactly. You know, and um, there's this great scene, and I think it was Dan Slott, one of the writers for Spider-Man in, like, the late 2000s. He said um, there's this great moment whenever he was reading comics where Spider-Man, down on his luck, you know, he webs up his clothes in, like, a web pouch and, like, hides them away while he changes into Spider-Man to go fight crime, right? He saves a bunch of people. Like, yeah, he did a great job. He goes back to get his clothes, and he realizes that he left them in, like, a fish packing plant. And so now mm. his clothes smell like dead fish. Nice. <laughs> As, and he's on his way to, like, a date or something. So, you know, it's like, yeah, you could do all these great things you're still going to have bad luck from time to time. Like just because you did something good doesn't mean that good things will happen to you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really relatable. Like you just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do um, and damn everything else. So I would say that that fits your, your personality style. Yeah. You know, um, of course that, that's being altruistic. Like we can't all do the, the right thing all the time, but I, sure. I would like to think I, I would like to think that that sort of rubbed off on me in the in the best ways possible. Yeah, and I mean I, I I mean that makes sense too. I mean, whenever you look at the the comic book heroes, I mean I would say more recently they've had a lot more depth to them um, because I think people do start liking um, I don't know it's been I feel like it's been a theme since like the late two thousands to you know kind of like the more gray characters. Um, so I think they've added a lot of depth to um the the marvel characters I, I would say recently but within the last 10 or 15 years really but um i don't know that's honestly that's a big reason why i never really got into them though it's just because they it was so black and white and i've never really liked those types of stories but um i mean yeah it, it makes sense and i think it's a lot just based on your personality and yeah if you can find relatability in in the story that that you're that you're reading and yeah like you said it's it's a lot also based on life events right like if you weren't going through that time in your life you probably either wouldn't have found spider-man or it wouldn't have been such a big impact on you or you might not have liked it as much or you might have latched onto uh, another superhero that was more relatable to your current situation it's it's just super interesting how we you know find our ways into finding different stories or enjoying them or you know how life experiences affect them 
And, you know, I will also just briefly talk, uh, this is a little bit tangential, but, um, you know, Stan Lee, whenever he created the sort of cast of characters that he came up with in the late 60s, um, you know, you had Fantastic Four, you had the Hulk, you had Spider-Man, and you look at the personalities that these characters have. I'll use uh, the Hulk as a great example. Um, His whole goal was to create a character that was relatable. And the way that he did that was by taking a bad part of somebody's personality. You know, anger, I think we can all agree, is like a a universally sort of bad thing to display most of the time, right? Sure, yeah. So he took that and he personified it in the Hulk. And now he's like, look, if you have anger, you can control it. Like, this is what anger does and this is you know, what it would be like if your anger went out of control. Um, And that was his sort of philosophy when creating all of these characters was, here's a personality trait that everyone has. Here's how we're going to approach it in the print media. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I've never really... I I feel like for a lot of movies and TV shows, I try to find a lot more meaning, but I guess since I've never really been into the comics, I've never really looked into the more... Uh, deeper meaning of of any um, comic book heroes but yeah that definitely makes sense yeah and again tangentially um you know thanos's entire storyline in the comics is so much different than in uh infinity war his entire yeah yeah so in in infinity war and in endgame his goal is to spoiler alert thank you you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) so his entire goal in those movies is just, you know, equalizing the playing field, right? He wants to, you know, balance the books, so to speak, on resources. And the way he thinks to do that is to kill half of the universe. In comics, his entire goal is to, like, convince the personification of death herself to love him. And the way that he does that is by killing as many people to give her as many followers as possible until she will fall in love with him. I remember that now. I think I think you may have either told me about this before. Or, yeah, I've heard about it. But um, I, I always found that interesting because death in, you know, the cinematic universe is seem just seems so much less powerful. Uh, but I assume that they the story had been altered pretty drastically from, you know, how she is in, in the comic books. Well, yeah, and that's also a different character. Um, oh, really? So, yeah, Hela in is is a Norse god, but okay. then you have Death herself, which is like capital D Death. Um, I see. And yeah, she's an entirely different character with her own sort of goals and personality and all of that. So. Um, like I said, I don't want to get too lost in the woods there, but well, um, I think one question that all three viewers want to know is, did he hook up with her? There is an alternate timeline where he does. Yeah, all right. But in that's all I needed to know. Marvel six one six canon, uh, he has never uh, sealed the deal, so to speak. Boo. So, uh, as far as I know, there's probably some fringe comic that I don't know about, so. I'll look up uh, some, uh, what are they called, fanfics? I'll look up some fanfics. Yeah, you know, s- send me them links, okay? Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, send you the link. So then author Brandon Cody. <laughs> yeah, you got me. It's also Cody. Um, Close enough. So uh, anyway, I think you know, going back to our, our original topic here, um, whenever I read Spider-Man and I got to know him, I also sort of fell into uh, reading some Captain America again because I feel like that just made sense for me to go back to what I loved. And the crazy thing is right around that time, the first Marvel civil war was happening. And for those of you who don't know, uh, a quick summary of those books, uh, Tony Stark believes that all, uh, people that have superpowers need to register their identities with the federal government so that they can be regulated. This happens after a reality show involving mutants goes wrong and uh, levels an entire city in, I believe, Massachusetts. Interesting. Yeah. yeah because in yeah cinematic universe, it's obviously after um, Captain America isn't able to, you know, contain the explosion, which I always found, I don't know, not as a great excuse in my opinion, uh, but it was there baseboard for jumping off to to create it in the cinematic universe yeah and in comics it is like a lot more gravity around it too because you know it's in i'm sorry it was not massachusetts it's connecticut um and like thousands died so Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of kids that died Mm -hmm. so um you know tony believes that this is the worst thing that could happen um, and they were, they weren't even like a list superheroes. They were like B listers. So it's like, they didn't know what they were doing. They did stupid stuff. And now everybody in the world has to deal with their mistakes, which is fair. You know, it's a nuanced issue. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so Captain America is approached and he said, they, they say, Hey, look, people need to give up their privacy. They need to be registered and they need, you know, this, this uh, registration act to pass and he knows that people are gonna like be targeted like people could die from this uh, from being registered on some database somewhere and so he says everybody deserves the right to privacy Uh, that's one of our constitutional rights and I'm going to say no to this Uh, he does that whenever he has an entire shield helicarrier pointing guns at him (laughs) Um, Classic. Yeah, so you get this whole thing, and the the pivotal moment in the storyline is whenever Peter Parker gets right in the middle of it. At the time, he's an Avenger, and he's living in Avengers Tower with Tony Stark. And Tony convinces him, hey, look, you need to, like, sign on to this registration act and show your face to the world and let them know who you are. Now, keep in mind, Peter Parker's entire thing is you can't do that, right? Like, he's going to, his loved ones will be targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet he does it, and then his aunt gets killed. <laughs> Interesting. So, it's this huge thing. And, um, you know, Captain America tries to defend him, and there's some a bunch of other things that happen. Um the culmination of that entire storyline is that Captain America dies 
defending what he thinks is right. Um, you know, he's assassinated. He doesn't really get killed by any of the heroes, but he still dies in the defense of that, of that belief. Um, so that was like one of the biggest moments for me in comic history is seeing, you know, somebody that I grew up with and like had all of these, like, I guess, personal connections to from a literary standpoint, um, sort of come to the end of their, of their journey. And obviously in comics, nobody stays dead. So sure. But did you know that at the time? No, I thought he was gone and they even, they brought in somebody else to be Captain America and it just, it felt like it was done. So. Yeah. And I think that's the, you know, that's the major key factor too. I mean, it's, it's all about your expectations going in. I mean, if it's your first time, reading a, a story like that or reading any comic books, then yeah, you might not know, oh, okay, yeah, no one's ever truly dead. So if you haven't read comics, sorry to spoil that for you. But <laughs> yeah, no one's ever dead in comics. I mean, they, they reboot them all the time, um, have different characters pick up uh, the mask or, or uh, have someone else take over the superpower. Or, you know, there's there's a ton of different ways that they do it. And, and, and it's good in a lot of ways because they can explore a lot of different scenarios and a lot of different realities and, and really um, put the characters in different situations and see how they would react. But um, yeah, it's also another reason why I, I I personally probably wouldn't ever really like them like that because I, yeah, there's just like the gravity isn't the same anymore because I know that they would always be rebooted. I think it would be different if I had that expectation going in though, that, Oh, this person, I don't know if they're going to live or die. Like I need to keep reading because this is like a huge moment. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that would, I think that would be hard hitting for sure. And I will say um, if you are getting into comics and you don't want the expectation that heroes will live, you know, even past death, there are a lot of like offshoots of the main universes where like anything can happen because the, the company like doesn't care if that cur- that person dies or not. So um, because the real reason they keep people alive is because they want to keep selling comic books. And if you kill off a character that somebody likes, they may stop buying. Yep. So um, and that's exactly what happened with, you know, uh, Superman back in the nineties. And that's what happened with Captain America in the mid two thousands. So, um, just as long as, you know, you know what you're getting into and you want to enjoy something that's, you know, a little bit further out there, there's always options like that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I will say just to sort of tie a bow in that, the section here, um, you know, comics, let me sort of move past a lot of things. If you're going through something that is a little bit too deep than that and and you need extra help, obviously go and seek that. But um, I think that comic books can be extremely cathartic and really let you see the world in a different light. So I highly recommend it if, if uh, the, the situation, you know, calls for it. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So Lance, do you have any questions for me since I'm sort of the guest on my own show today? Uh, obviously I do. Uh, after you hit me with those sideliners last time, I had to have some ready so that I could really uh, get, get you on the spot here. 
All right. Well, I'm strapped in. I'm I'm locked and loaded. Hit me with your best shots. What are you strapped into? My chair. I'm, okay, I'm that was your first question. Chair. Next question. <laughs> what is your favorite obscure or less known video game? It better be obscure. Ooh. Okay, so I personally believe that this is fairly obscure Uh-oh. at this point. Is it going to be like Mario Kart? I'm ready for it. Well, obviously it's Double Dash, okay? <laughs> um <laughs> No, uh, Fable. Hands down, Fable, all day long. Okay. Um, okay. And and I will say why, okay? All right. Um, there may be a, a bigger episode on Fable later, but um, <laughs> I, I think that Fable really did exactly what I've always wanted in a game, which is total flexibility and control over your character. Mm-hmm. Um if you chose certain abilities, your character's like physical appearance would even change. It wasn't. It wasn't just like, you know, um, you take uh, extra damage so you look like kind of like bashed up or whatever. It was like if you took uh, toughness, for instance, you grew like calluses and like body hair to like cover up like all of the scars you were getting. Um, and if you took points in archery you would be like taller and thinner so you could uh you know be more life uh, it's it was a really interesting approach to character customization hmm. that's pretty cool i mean i've never really played much fable i tried to get into it a little bit after the boom had already happened and i just heard it was a good game this was probably like 2017 probably so yeah much after you know the 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 full hype of, of fable and i don't know i i just couldn't really get into it but i didn't I feel like I didn't really give it much of a chance. Um, so yeah, that's really cool to hear that, you know, it, it actually physically changes your character. I like little things like that. I like whenever they put in details past just what the numbers are. Um, I really enjoy that. All right, next question. Let's do this. Uh, all right. Last concert that you've been to. It was Fallout Boy. I think it was in 2017. Oh, and... wow. Yeah, I know. It's been a while, but um, it was just so much fun. Uh, like, Where'd Fallout you, where Boy, was it? I was uh, in, I think it was Dayton, Ohio. Oh, okay. And, yeah, they they put on one hell of a show. Um, and really, even their openers, who I cannot even remember now. It's been so <laughs> long. Um, but they they just had this like high energy constantly. Um, and normally I'm not like a live music guy. Like I get anxious at concerts and I, I just can't really deal with the large crowds like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that show I think was the exception to the rule. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've actually been to a fallout concert too. I, I, I haven't, I went to my first concert, uh, two years ago. Um, and it was Paramore. And then after that, I went to uh, Fallout Boy, and I think those are honestly the only two concerts I've ever been to. Just because whenever I was younger, I just same reason as you, I never really had the interest because there was a lot of people. But the Fallout Boy one was, yeah, super good show. They they were great performers, and it really surprised me that I don't know. I I guess I kind of expected less just because they've been around for so long that they would kind of just you know check out. Uh, while they were doing it because they've done so many concerts but no it, it felt like it was you know like their first one again and they were really hyped about it and and it, it was just a great show 
Um, for their opener, it was oh, what's the name of uh, the rapper who dissed Eminem? Uh, what was his name? Uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly was the one who opened for him, and it was hilarious because it was literally the week after the diss track uh, stuff happened. Um, and I was just sitting there thinking, like, is he is he gonna do it? Like, is he because because the the night before at a different place for the Fallout concert, he had the audience flip off the camera and he took a selfie and his shirt said like "fuck Eminem" or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like none of the audience knew and it, it it caused some you know a little bit of stir on the internet, but it was just funny. So I was waiting to see if he would do anything, but I think uh, I think Fallout Boy talked to him and was like, "Hey man." You're just opening for us. You can't really use our audience for that. <laughs> so it was really, it was really funny. Nice. All right. Any other questions here? I have one more. You hit me with three, so I'm hitting you with three. Um, all, right. all right. What is your top 2000s movie? Uh, so decade movie, 2000 to 2010. Ooh, that is a hard question. There's a lot of good um, movies that came out then. I am going to say, though, because this is one of my favorite movies of all time, Donnie Darko. <laughs> okay, Donnie Darko, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who doesn't like Jake Gyllenhaal uh-huh. in a weird time travel movie with a dude dressed as a rabbit? Okay, if that doesn't sell it, I don't know what to tell That's you. That's <laughs> a weird synopsis. You pull that straight from IMDb. Yeah, exactly. I nice. mean, it was so well written. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. What year was that? Do you remember? Oh man, maybe two thousand five, two thousand six. I that would guess. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and plus, like, the whole thing is basically like one big, like, weird, trippy dream sequence. Mm-hmm. I mean, how would you not enjoy it? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm biased. Maybe <laughs> I'm biased. Oh no! I mean, it's only one of your favorite movies, so no, definitely not biased. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> All right, that's all, right. all the hardballs I have for you for now, but I'll think of some more. Well, Lance, as always, thank you for sitting here and talking to me and uh, humoring me, I guess. Um, it's always a good time. You're welcome, and I will await my paycheck. Of course. Uh, firm handshake. I think we already agreed on it. All, all right, right, that's our show for today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> have a great day, and uh, as always, uh, we'll see you again on the next one. Later. Later.